the book of Romans. Yes, it's one of Paul's biggest letters, but it's also one of the most debated letters of all time. This book has shaped theologies and beliefs for centuries, but why did Paul write it? What's its purpose? And how should we as Christians respond to it? During this series, The Road Through Romans, we're going to discuss this and more. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. So we are picking up our conversation this week. We are still in Romans chapter 3 for right now, um, and we are going to be discussing Romans 3 verses 9 through, I believe it's 26. Um, This is hopefully what we're going to be discussing today. So it's going to be a little different today because we first have to explain kind of the purpose behind why Paul says the things in these passages the way he says them, because he has a purpose behind it. Basically, he is taking the Jewish and Roman people's minds into a courtroom, and he is declaring verdict, right? He is, he's taking them into this courtroom and it's, and it's set up into three specific segments. The first segment is the charge against us. The second segment is the indictment through by means of scripture. So what the scripture indicts us, right? And then the last bit of it is the verdict, but then he jumps into something completely different. So we're going to kind of go over this courtroom this courtroom kind of feel first, and we're going to read through those passages one at a time and kind of elaborate a little bit on those. And then we're going to dive into his main message from verses 21 through 26. So we're going to start with verse 9 and 10, though, and it reads this. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. So that means that that every one of us struggle with a sin because we are, in fact, born into sin. Now, we're going to kind of diverge a little bit and talk about what is sin. Sin just basically means falling short of God's glory. It means not living up to the fullest potential of what God has in store for us. But Paul's going to kind of take sin and, and twist it um, towards the back end of this, this these passages and, and, and kind of say that, that we don't necessarily have to. Well, I mean, to add to that, sin is disobedience. Anything that God has asked us as his people to do and we do not do it, is, yeah, that's it's sin. a sin. We rebel against his words, and that's, absolutely. I mean, that's how why Satan was thrown out of heaven. That's why Adam and Eve was not allowed to go in. Yeah, you know, to the that garden, and they were they was you know because rebellion is sin. Yeah, absolutely, and that actually plays into part of um, chapter four, which we're going to get into in the next podcast. Yep, um, talking about obedience. And faithful obedience, which we've already talked about, faithful obedience um, in the podcast. But this is a theme that's running through Paul's Paul's message here to the Romans church, is is that many of us oftentimes don't obey God. We don't obey obey His words. <coughs> Excuse me. And so he goes into the indictment against us, and this is verses ten through uh, eighteen. And each of these. Uh, segments through 10 through 18 are an indict each indictment there are three indictments here so the charge against us is all of us are under sin right now and then he goes on to say no one is righteous no not one no one understands no one seeks for god all have turned aside together they have become worthless no one does good not even one. So Paul's there. So Paul is actually drawing from from two passages of the Old Testament, both of which are in Psalms. Psalms 14, 1 through 3, and Psalms 53, 1 through 3. Well, I like that he blankets the fact that no one is above 
thinking that they're not sinning. Mm. You know, you know, so he's trying to put everybody on the same playing field. Yeah. He's trying to let everybody know, look, you know, you and me, we're in the same boat here. And he's using Old Testament scripture mm-hmm. to do so. He's using witnesses because when 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 a court's in session, they call witnesses yep. to the stand That's to right. witness for or against people. Correct. Um, and so he's calling witnesses to the stand. And as we look and we see through this, he calls three specific witnesses to the stand. He calls um, the the law, the books of the law. Mm-hmm. He calls the books of the prophets. And he calls the books of the writing to the stand. Mm-hmm. So the writing is Psalms. The prophets are, are books like Isaiah. And then like things like Deuteronomy is the book. So he call, he's calling all three of the sections of the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament Bible, the Jewish Bible, he's calling all three of those witnesses to the stand. So the first one, he's talking about a disordered heart, a heart that's not turned towards God, but turned away from God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of people are affected by that. A lot of people have a heart that's not necessarily towards God, but towards their own passions and their own desires, which we talked about that. You know, it says that people have turned away from God and towards their own passions and desires. That's in Romans chapter one. Well, I mean, even in the first segment of this passage, because it's broken down in three, uh, the first segment of this passage, he was pretty much stating the fact that no one is righteous because when when your heart is not geared towards God, no mm-hmm. matter how righteous things you do and things you perform your acts you may perform righteous acts but really you're still unrighteous right and and you're not going to uh withstand the things that you know god requires you know that you're going against god and what he requires and and so there's nothing good that comes out of your rebellion your your heart that's just you know that's not towards him your affections aren't towards him right and that's the biggest thing is that is that it it deals with um, inward first, because mm-hmm. God, He He wants our heart. Absolutely, He wants He wants our heart because our heart determines the next two things that that Paul addresses. So you have to get your heart in check first between before the next two things come back into alignment. But the heart, the 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 will, the intent, the motive behind things, He He's saying that the reason why. All of this stuff is happening. The reason why we've turned aside and we've we've done things against against God is because our heart isn't necessarily focused on on Him. Yeah, and so God always works the on the intentions of the heart. Uh, he already knows our heart. Um, sometimes we have to discover what our heart really is. Right. And He, the Bible even talks about that your mouth speaks your heart. Yeah. You know, so so. Which is actually the next thing that Paul addresses. Yeah. So in order to deal with how you speak, you've got to deal with how you internalize things. Yeah. And it's the heart. that. That's why when we receive Jesus, we have to receive him in our heart first. And, and so that's so God has to deal with the heart. Paul's addressing the heart yeah. of the matter where it is, where it all starts. It starts in the right. heart. So the first offense that we have against God is that our heart is not towards him, but mm-hmm. against him. Mm-hmm. And, and and the next thing that follows, he says in verse 13 and 14, it says, their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. And verse 13, he's quoting Psalms 5, 9 and Psalms 140, verse 3. And then um, verse 14, he's quoting Psalms 10, verse 7. So he's bringing credible witnesses to the stand he's saying that all of these voices from from your history are condemning you right now you should be condemned right now because there is nobody that is righteous no not one both the jews and the greeks are under sin the and 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 it starts with the heart well when you study the bible in other cultures even today they are very much upon lineage yeah they look at their past their forefathers i mean 
we do that in America, but not as I feel not as predominant as other countries do. Yeah, they it's very it's a very um honor shame culture where you know what you do mm-hmm. doesn't just impact you, but impacts your family's heritage. You know, you dishonor your family, you dishonor your ancestors right. when you do something bad. Right. So so he's now dealing with you know this is this is what's the you know what you're saying is you're you're now bringing discord in the very unified words that we're to be proclaiming we're you're doing the total opposite nothing you say is going to be right it's not going to line up right and so so he he's he's that that basically he's breaking apart the lineage of what they hold to they hold to the law they hold to things that line their life up what it needs to be and so they, their, you know, their hearts and intentions might be right, but really the heart is not where it needs to be, where God wants it to be. That's where that self righteous comes in. And now he's dealing with your words, and I get, you know, your your words are saying one thing, but your actions are doing something else. Absolutely, and it's not working right. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, I think he's he's really, you know. The Greeks, they know that they're sinful people, right? right? They know that, that they made mistakes. But the Jewish people, they still believe that they're God's chosen people, which they are. Of course. But they believe that they're under a different sort of judging from God, mm-hmm. right? So they believe that they're they're going to be judged less, less harshly, which is what we talked about in the last mm-hmm. podcast. They're going to be judged less harshly, but that's not the case. Right. And he's saying, well, you, you think you know the Bible, but the very Bible that you read and so-called know is the one that's condemning you right now. And so he's saying you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're, he says, you know, they're using tongues to deceive a venom. And so you're, you're basically lying to yourself and you're poisoning your own self by your own words. Yeah. You're condemning yourself by what you're saying. Yeah. But it flows out of the heart. Right. It's still coming out of the heart. The first offense is, is always the heart. I mean, that's really, if you look at it, that's, that still connects. Even today we, we see racism. Yeah. You know the the condemnation, the the words that are being said, the actions, how people treat other people. Absolutely. You know, racism isn't all, always about color; it's about even sectors of people's lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm not even gonna, I'm not going to say this is racism, racism, but also like you see a huge gap divide between Republicans and Democrats. Absolutely. Um, people are spewing evil and hatred towards the president you know people in christian groups right yeah. now are, are 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 saying things that christians shouldn't say about the president i'm listen i'm i'm a bipartisan i i i'm out of the system i'm mm-hmm. out of the loop i yep. i don't i'm not into politics whoever's president is president you know but but as christians when you spew hatred about let's just say anybody not just the president but anybody it's showing your heart because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks right so that's why paul addresses the heart first because when your heart is turned aside and and your heart is not towards god then it follows through with your words because then your words are like venom under your lips and your mouth is full of curses and bitterness because you your heart is set on destruction though you feel as though it's warranted by circ- I mean you can look alone this past election and well, you, I have the freedom of speech yeah and you're, you know and, and so the things are going on and there's a lot of people with a lot of feelings on both sides and a lot of people uh, from from both administrations you know, the, those are supported against on both sides. There's a lot of things going on. And so there's a lot of peer pressure that comes with that as well. Mm-hmm. And yet we, as God's people, have joined them ourselves with sectors that we're not to be joined with in order to fulfill, to think that we are doing and fulfilling God's plan and God's will. But in reality, God's plan is that all men be saved, not just one side of the political party or the other. It's he, Jesus died, shed his red blood, mm-hmm. okay, upon the cross for all race, for all gender, for all background, for all parts of lifestyle. And so for us to, you know, the Jews, like as you said, I'm going by what you said, for the Jews to believe that they're of a different sect because they are a Jew, 
that they're different. That they're, they're not, physically born into the family of Abraham. Correct. And so because of that, they feel that they have a right to say the things that are saying, judge the way they judge. But Jesus says this in the way that you judge, it would be measured back to you. Yeah. And, so, it, and, and, and it'll be worse for those who know the law, yeah. but yet don't obey it. Yeah. You know, he, Jesus gives two commands, love God, love people. Mm-hmm. And, and we, if we don't, you know, if our, if our, if our heart is wrong and our words come out that are wrong, yeah. you know, we may say the right words in the right arena, but God still knows the heart. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where Paul's saying, you're lying to yourself. You're deceiving yourself. Your mouth is full of curse and bitterness. And venom. And venom. We're poisoning ourselves. We're poisoning people because we're not being what God's called us to be as his people. Yeah, absolutely. We've been grafted into the arms, into the body of Christ through the blood of Jesus. Yeah, which is, yeah, this this is what Paul is going to start getting into. But but let's let's um let's talk about the the speech for a minute because James even talks about about speech in his in his epistle. He says that James chapter three, it basically is saying, uh, verse. Let's do verse, verse four. It says, "Look at the ships. Also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire!" And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. And catch this, set on fire by the fires of hell. Mm. So meaning that the tongue is very destructive when your heart is not set on God. When your heart is set off of God, your tongue is going to be destructive. And Paul even echoes this by saying that 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 venom flows out of their mouth and curses and bitterness. So so P- Paul and James are both saying that that when your heart is not in line with Christ yep. and God, when your heart is turned away, then your words are going to be destructive. They're going to be lit on fire by the fires of hell, meaning that that you are going to burn down everything that you set your tongue towards with fires of destruction. Well, I mean, you can bless or curse by mm-hmm. your mouth, the Bible talks about. Even Jesus says you're going to have to, in, in, in um, Matthew 12, he says you're going to have to give an account yeah. of every word that you say. Every idle word. In, in, in fact, Ephesians talks about that not no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but to only let what those come out of your mouth is the things that build up people. Right. You know, so... You, your words are powerful. Absolutely. You know, the Bible says the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. So those words even in itself I mean, has with, power. With mere words, God spoke everything into existence. And he said it was good. Yeah. He, he, he declared it. Absolutely. So so your words... You can know, either build people up or tear people down. But when your heart is not in line with God, mm. when your heart is against God, when your heart is not God's possession, mm. then your life is out of order. Which is talk? It talks about that in the first part of what we we read with um with Paul in Romans when he was like the complete undoing of creation. Remember that when 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 men turned aside from what they knew to be right and they turned to their own desires. Yep. They they undid creation. It was a complete disorder. So when your heart is not in order with God, you bring disorder through your words, but not just your words. Paul also goes on to say through your actions as well. Verse 15 through 18, it says, if you want to add something. I do. I really want to, I I don't want to jump on the actions quite yet because I think, I think those that are listening needs to really focus on your words because if you even look at first Corinthians 13, Mm. it talks about love, but in the beginning part, first verse one, it talks about, he says, if I uh, speak in tongues of men of angels, but Mm. do not have love, I'm like a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. So your words, it's almost as if, have you ever talked to someone and someone's talking to you and they're trying to talk godly to you, but it doesn't sound right. Mm. And that's what it is. The heart 
does not have right and good intentions. Absolutely. You know, especially if they say, well, I'm coming to you in love and what they're saying, you know, like women and that, you know, I've had people correct me. Then I have people do it in love. Mm. And, and so therefore the, their hearts intentions were in the right place. They were only there just, just to try to, to bring destruction, to bring destruction. And, I mean, that's, I mean, before we hit actions, I, I, I just, I mean, I don't mean to divert. No, you're, no absolutely. No, you're but good. I really feel strong about the words. Your words are powerful. They're you, important. They're almost, if not more, you know, they're almost as important as your heart. Yeah. Because as James said, your, your tongue can steer the direction of which you go yeah and 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 you can steer it towards building up yeah. people mm-hmm. or destroying people yeah and it's it's a choice it's 100 percent a choice but your heart has to be in line first for your tongue to line up with your heart because like we said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks i mean like you said that the, 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 james said that it's you know it's very small mm-hmm it can steer like a, bo- a rudder for the boat or the bit for the horse. Mm. It's in the mouth. And, and it, it, your heart, if you allow your heart to come out of your mouth, your mouth, which goes into your actions, your mouth yeah. will determine how you behave. Absolutely. And so so meaning, you know, it's not only your heart that determines, you know, your, your, your actions are affected by your belief, whatever your heart receives you will respond the way you believe, but your words will also correspond to it. Absolutely. You may say one thing, but your actions is another. Right. And so so God is needing a people. That's us, Mm. church. That's you and me. He's needing us as his people not to lie to ourselves, not to deceive ourselves to think, well, I'm, I've been a Christian for 30 years and I've been given and serving in, in the ministry for God and for, for, for the out of the 30 years, 20 years. And I, I, I'm a good Christian and I'm I'm doing my best and yeah. but yet we show hate and discord and God's done with this in the church absolutely I we, agree this is why we really stepped into Romans because we feel that Romans has a lot to do with today right now yeah and, and, and the the lot we're lying to ourselves when we when we're sowing discord in the church when we're sowing discord towards the leaders in our general well the pastor how can you say if they're ungodly and they're not even saved and they're making wrong decisions that's against God and against this nation, how can you say that we're sowing discord? We're need, we're just calling sin sin. That's correct. You are calling sin sin. But there's a way to do it when your heart is in line with Christ. That is correct. And and that's that's there's a line there. I mean, me personally, I'm looking forward to the day where there's no government but there's only one king. That's Jesus. Amen. But. Until that happens, the Bible says that God appoints every leader. He approves every leader that goes into position to say that to some, serve a purpose. To say that someone's sitting in the office that was not supposed to be in the office. And let's, let's just go there a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Then you're saying that God has no control. Mm. You're telling God, "Sorry, God, you made a mistake. You don't have enough authority in this arena." So. We got to do something to get this person out because. Right. And then that that goes back with, you know, are you choosing your king? Mm-hmm. Like the people with with uh, Saul, mm-hmm. they they chose their king, but that wasn't the person that God wanted to put into place. Nope. And God, God made that very clear when he removed the anointing from Saul and released the anointing on David. Okay. And David and Saul knew the anointing was gone because of the fact he was tormented by spirits. And and when he knew where the anointing was, and that's why he brought David in the courtroom. Well, that, but, well, think about it. His heart was not in line with Christ. Right. His heart was not in line with the God of Israel. Right. His heart. He, he his heart was after his own motives. Right. Everything he did was to gain favor in the people's eyes. It, even sacrificing. Yeah. The offering. And yep. not waiting on the man of God to do it. Yep. He was he was peer pressured because of the people. Of the people. I mean, and then we look when God told him to go kill the people of Agog, mm. right? And mm-hmm. then the king, he said, kill everybody, burn the whole city down. But, but he spared the king's life and mm-hmm. took the goods of the land. And then blamed it on somebody else. Yeah. It was not my fault. They did. Well, who's the king? Mm hmm. You know what I mean? It all rests on you, buddy. It all goes back to his heart, though. Exactly. 
It's the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and the actions flow Mm -hmm. because the heart determines everything. And that's why that's the first thing that Paul addresses in these accusations, indictments against us, Mm -hmm. is that your heart is not in line with God. Absolutely. And the only way for your heart to be in line with God is when you give up yourself. Mm. That's denying yourself, taking up the cross, Jesus says, and following him. Listen, following him is not going to be the easiest road. It's going to be difficult. Well, the, the, the best decisions are always not easy. Yeah. If it's an easy decision, it's not going to be the best decision for you. Right. Right. So we make tough decisions on purpose. We are born leaders, by the way. You, I'm not a leader. No, I'm sorry. You're born a leader. You just choose not to lead. Yeah. It's just it's plain and simple. That's true. We step back, let other people lead, but reality is God's anointed you to be a leader. Yeah. He's You and me, those that are listening, he's anointed you to lead. Yeah. You're leading whether you want, you whether you think you are or not. Absolutely. And, and, and either we lead people to do nothing or we lead people to stand up to God or we lead, or we lead people to go against God. Yeah, we influence it's black people. and white. Yeah, we really. influence people all the time. There's people that you're influencing. You don't even know it. You're influencing. Yeah, but how are you influencing them? Correct. And how? What are your? What are you saying on your job mm-hmm. that influences them? Are you talking bad about your boss? Are you talking bad about your job? Mm-hmm. Are you talking bad about other people? Yep. This is something that we all struggle with. Uh-huh. But as a Christian, we must recognize. <laughs> yeah. When those moments arise and say, you know, I have to lead in this situation. If everybody else is going to be talking about them, I have to step out of it. I have to transcend above the world standard of um, trashing people. Yep. Trash talking. And, and, And ascend to a transcendent state of being where you're not in that conversation. You you take yourself out of that conversation because you know that's what's right and that's what Christ would want you to do. Mm-hmm. It's in the little things that that stand out to people. Well, let's go a little step further. Now let's get into your actions. Yeah, okay? because you, you you because you do stand out and you do make that decision to react and behave a different way. Don't go and announce. Well, I'm a Christian. And I'm not oh, going to do that. Absolutely. You know that's that's now you're exalting your righteousness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You follow me? Right. And Paul actually gets into that. Uh, I believe that we're going to get into that in the, yeah. in the next podcast. Yeah. But he talks about, you know, we, we can't boast in our own righteousness because it's not our righteousness. Correct. It's not ours. It's what Christ has done for us and through us and transformed us into. It's not us that's doing it. It's Christ in us that's doing it through us and helping us to navigate. It's not us. We have no boasting within ourselves. So, but that that's the next that's the next podcast yeah, for yeah. sure. So, so Paul, we're gonna we're gonna read verse fifteen through sixteen. This is the last and final indictment against us from the Old Testament. It says, "Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their path are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes." He's quoting from Isaiah and Psalms, and he's saying that because your heart is disordered, your actions. And your words are now disordered too. Yeah, it follow, it proceeds itself. It's a domino effect. Yeah, you 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 get to the point where you're you're you you you've conceived something in your heart. I mean, the Bible talks about the temptation, right? And and think about this: when when you're tempted tempted to sin, it enters into your heart first, right? Your 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 thought process, and you're like, okay, well then, how do I go about doing this? So. It goes from ec- internal thoughts to external actions. Uh-huh. So when you, it starts with the heart, though. If you shut that down in your heart and you say, "I'm not, I'm not gonna think about it. I'm not gonna act upon it," then it stops there and it doesn't become external. But the here's the thing, and I think we talked about this in a different podcast. But the difference between a murderer and someone who's angry, yeah, I remember that, is an action. It's an action. It's 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 a cognitive thought process of saying, well, I can be angry, but not take my anger out on this person. Or the difference between um, getting angry and walking away or getting angry and tearing somebody apart with your words. Yep. It's 
an action. It's a cognitive decision within your heart because your heart is your, your actions and, and the way that you perceive things. It's a cognitive decision in your heart to say, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to go down and I'm not going to, I'm not going to destroy this person's character. I'm not going to destroy this person's happiness. I'm going to transcend above the way that I feel. And I'm going to follow my heart because my heart's after God. And instead of destroying people by the fires of hell, I'm going to build people up within my anger. It says, when you get angry, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who are against you. Pray yep. for your enemies. Yep. And so in those moments when people tick you off because it's going to happen, we have to choose to transcend above what our flesh feels, sacrifice that and say, well, God, bless them. And that's hard. That's difficult to do. Because we so want to step out and do what we want, yep. but with a with a way of life that Christ has given us, He gives us options. He gives us ways of escape from our feelings and our emotions. He He allows us to to step out for a brief moment and see the situation from His perspective, yep. if you allow it. Well, I mean, I want to bring James back in the picture, if I may. Sure. Because you're dealing, Paul's dealing with the heart, he's dealing with the words, he's dealing with the actions. And James does also address this in James chapter 1, for starting at verse 14 and 15. And he's talking about temptation when you're tempted. Um, Let me me jump back to 13 on, on James 1. He says, When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone verse 14 reads but each person is tempted when he is dragged away by their own evil desires and Mm -hmm. enticed okay so this is dealing with the heart it's the things that pulls on your heart okay and then after the uh, after desire has conceived there's the heart Mm -hmm. conception it gives birth to sin and birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown it gives birth to death mm. so 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 you're dealing he's he's also dealing with the heart the words and the actions yeah so you you, you know it's get in your heart you're thinking about it yeah you now start talking about it and then next thing you know you you're act acting about it. it yeah it's not you know you well you know the devil made me do it well, no not really you've already been thinking about it for a while yeah and now you've been flirting with the idea by talking about it to somebody. And the next thing you know, you're down that you're road. You're doing you it. Be. Yeah. And, and so, so that's the whole concept uh, of that. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, but it's birthed in the heart. Yeah. And that's why that's the first thing that Paul addresses. And that's why Jesus wants the heart all the way. Yeah. God wants the heart. He wants a surrendered heart. Yep. And 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 so, on all three of those accounts, we are we're counted guilty yeah. on all three of those. The scripture testifies against us. And Paul Paul now releases the verdict. He says, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Mm. Since through the law, comes the knowledge of sin. So he's saying, we're all guilty. We're all guilty. There, we, we, we cannot legally stand up in God's courtroom and say that we're innocent to any of these. Or that we're righteous enough to do the things right. we claim we can right. do. Or in hold positions right. in our own mind that we think we deserve. We don't deserve anything. Really. No. And, and 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 so in this he's trying to invoke condemnation. Mm. He's trying to make you feel very condemned. And and it does. It you know, it 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 strikes my heart sometimes. Because it's like, you know, I've I've done all of these things at some point in my life. You know, I've my heart was disordered, my words were disordered, and I had disordered actions. And 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 it goes back to what he originally said that was quoting Psalms. It says, no one is righteous. No, not one. So mm. when I stand before God, I, I deserve guilty. Mm. But then he goes on, and here's where the hope comes in. He says, but now. Mm. This is his but God moment. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, 
So you're faced with like, oh my gosh, this seems hopeless, but God. But God. He says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. There it is. Mm. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled the law. Yeah. He fulfilled it. He completely fulfilled every Not aspect us. of the law. I mean, we, you know, the Old Testament, us as human beings, um, just barely <laughs> fulfilled the requirements. I mean, there were so many people oh, yeah. that had to be involved yeah. in the temple. And sacrificing animals. Yep. And the ritual part of it. And here Jesus comes in and says, you know what? Done. Yeah. It's over. You don't have to work for salvation. Salvation is now given. Yeah. And he says that that it's been manifested apart from the law. Hallelujah. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Mm. The righteousness of God through faith, which we know is total dependence. Yep. Through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Not some, not Jews, not Greeks, but all who believe. For there is no distinction. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all all are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Catch that, the gift. Yeah, and and it actually means favor. Mm. God has favored us. It's something you could not have earned. It's a it's free. It's a free gift. All you have to do is accept that gift. And and again, we're not I'm not busting on doing anything or the sacraments or fulfilling various types of the law, but there's nothing you can do to gain God's grace. And I, yeah, and I, or to stay in his grace. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's a and free gift. That's the thing about it is it's it's free. But the word I want to point out is justified. Mm. So this means that you are regarded as right. You are regarded as righteous. You are regarded as in right standing. So when you are justified in the court system, it means that you, the verdict is not guilty. Regardless. 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 And, and that's what Jesus And that's what Jesus done. did for us. He took on that Even penalty. Even though all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all are justified. Yep. By, meaning, on every count, we should be guilty. But he has justified. He has regarded us and called us as right. And 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 it says that um, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So that means he paid the ransom for our sin because there has to be an atonement somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's the way that God established it throughout the, all the Old Testament. There had to be a propitiation for our sins, a payment for our sins, right? And so, but... Jesus steps in, becomes that perfect sacrifice for all of humanity. But all we have to do is have faith in him. That's all we have to do to receive it. That's all we have to do, which this is, um, Peter's going to, excuse me, Paul's going to dive into this more in chapter four, which we're going to get into the next podcast. But but to, to, to say that we, human beings, are justified in his sight. Well, I like the word redemption. The The meaning f- for the word redeemed is to obtain the release or restoration of yeah. from captivity or paying a ransom. Mm-hmm. So the gift he gives us is grace. The exchange of the gift was what he paid. Yeah. So he already paid for us something we never thought we could ever receive but thought we had to earn. Mm. That's why the Bible talks about that you're not saved by your works. You're saved by grace. Mm-hmm. So grace keeps through us. Through faith. Through faith. And grace keeps us in that walk with the Lord. The grace of God keeps us well, keeps us in right standing. His grace. Yeah. Not your merits, not the things you've achieved, not the good um, uh, things that you have done for other people by being a good person. Jesus his blood, you, look, he tells us you can't go to Father unless you come through the Son. Jesus gives us that access right to where God is. Yeah, His grace gives us the blessings to be able to live for him, and not though we make mistakes, and we do it daily. Yeah. Not, if you're making purposeful mistakes, is different. 
that's an act of rebellion. But if you're living your life not purposefully making mistakes, but you do make mistakes, that grace kicks in and covers your faults and your failures that you can still have that access right. to the throne of God. Right. And that's that's the beauty of it all, is that when we fall, He is there mm-hmm. to cover us. Now, I mean, and, and, and Paul's going to get into this um, towards the end of this chapter, which I think we can probably have time to get into. I said that we were going to save it for the next podcast, but I think we have time to get into it If today. we have time, let's run. <coughs> but, but he talks about um, upholding the law then. But, but before we get to that, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want yeah. you to check this out. It says, yeah. so verse 25, whom, um, f- through Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance. He had passed over former mm. sins. So get this. Mm. I know where you're going. In verse 25, it talks about it's it says whom God put forward as the propitiation mm. by his blood. Yeah. So it's talking about three aspects of temple sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So God puts forward what they did in the temple that was they would actually put forward showbread on the altar. Mm-hmm. It's this bread that's offered to God as 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 a sacrifice. Right. And then it says the propitiation which is actually um um, used multiple times in the Bible, but propitiation is actually helisterion, which means a sin offering of wherein the sacrifice was imparted to appease God. Mm. Right? So, so, and then it says by his blood. So we know in the temple that, that Jesus was sacrificed, that, that animals were sacrificed and their blood was poured out. Jesus' blood was poured out. So it's showing that in just Jesus alone, all of the aspects of the temple have been fulfilled in him once and for all to be received by works? No, by faith, by trust, by dependence. I have total dependence in Jesus' sacrifice. Therefore, his righteousness is given to me, and I am seen as righteous. And this was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance that he had passed over former sins. Let's go back to Exodus. When, oh, I was going yeah. there, man. I was going there. This is this is the the greatest yes. Passover once and for Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Paul is tying all of these themes in from the Old Testament. And the Jewish reader can see this because they know scripture and they, yep. they're understanding this. But Paul's saying very controversial things right now. Um, but but he's saying that that God's passing over the sins because his blood is on us and, and we receive it not by works but by faith. So since the Holy Spirit has us on the same target here, the Passover, mm. from Exodus, and while you were talking, I pulled this up on my tablet, but Exodus 12, 23, in the NIV translation says, I'm going to read this and we're, we're going to break it down a little bit more. Yeah. It says that when the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the door frame and will pass over the doorway and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down now we you know if you look if you look at this in the symbolic form this was an actual scenario that happened historical mm-hmm. event but in a symbolic form it was of foreshadowing it, yes what Jesus's atonement yep. was going to do for I mean, us. The, the the spreading the blood over the doorposts is, yeah. is is like a cross. Yeah. You know, the over the head, you know, sides. And so, you know, the blood, even when they dip the hyssop bush in the blood, we've talked about this times past, about blood and water. When, yep. when the hyssop bush is dipped in blood, the water held within the bush is released the water. Yep. And so when they painted the doorposts, it was with blood and water. We know when Jesus' side was pierced, the Bible says, out came blood and water. Absolutely. So so that being said, that door frame is the door that covers your heart. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's the heart. Yes. The intentions that were going on inside the house. So his blood not only covers your heart, mm-hmm. but your tongue and it, your actions. Yes. Because their actions, their intentions, yeah, was to offer sacrifices, sit down and eat a meal. See, you have to use your tongue mm-hmm. to eat and drink. By the way, you not only your teeth but your tongue mm-hmm. that has to maneuver itself in your mouth and esophagus. All these things, yep. to, to it's help together. It's working together. 
and everything had to be eaten, consumed. Yeah. It means the flesh. You can't leave flesh behind when this mm-hmm. is done with. Flesh has to be done with altogether. Yeah. Or if you do not, if you do not follow, this is see, this goes back to obedience again. Remember we said from the beginning, rebellion is sin. Yeah. Obedience is not. Yeah. They had to obey God in order to be saved. Think about that. Our obedience to God is receiving Jesus. Jesus did all the work for us. Yeah. He did the heavy lifting. Yeah. He gave us a gift of eternal life. He gave us the gift of salvation. He redeemed. He purchased us. And all we have to do is obey. Obey. Through faith. What's That's so hard it. about that? That's it. <laughs> it, can, it, it does become hard it does. when your, yourself, your desires now supersedes God's. Yeah. That's when the challenge comes. Yeah. When the things he asked you to do and the things you want to do now are in conflict. Mm-hmm. And so that Passover, so we have to have blood of Jesus on our hearts. We have to receive him yeah. in our hearts. Yeah. We have to confess with our mouth. Mm. Believe in our heart. And yep. then have our actions yep. show that we have submitted to God. Not showing in front of everybody that you go to church with. Mm-hmm. It's also it's the private matters Yeah, when you're alone. And this, this, this is a common theme all throughout Paul's letter to the Romans. Mm-hmm. It's that faithful obedience that we talked about in podcast one, two, three, and now this one. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's literally weaved throughout all of his message to the Romans how do people know that you're a Christian? It's by your obedience yep. to God. And see, that's where we're back in Exodus where he talks about he would not permit the destroyer to enter in your house. Yeah. Jesus covers your home. He covers your heart. You let him in. He'll protect you. Doesn't mean that he'll protect you from every bad thing in your life, but he protects the, the soul yeah. of the man and of the woman. Your soul's protected. Mm. You may be damaged by the elements of the wind on the out exterior part of you, but the interior part of you is what is preserved. Yeah. When the soul leaves the body, the Bible says, absent the body, present the Lord. Mm-hmm. So there's there there is a, a a sustenance that God gives upon each person that who is a believer. Yeah. And I mean, let's even look at Job. Yeah. Things happened oh, to yeah, him yeah, yeah. on the outside. And he struggled a little bit on the inside, but yep. he still decided in his heart that God's going to be God for him. Amen. Oh my like it's it's all throughout Scripture. It's all throughout everything. And he weaves it all together so beautifully. Yeah, you know what I mean. He that's how God is. He just brings it. You know, it's still amazing. And we talked about this, and a lot of people have been in church fully understand. And you haven't been in church long enough. I hope you gain this knowledge that. Throughout a 1,500-year span, for over 40 different authors, this word still is consistent and still is relevant today. Coherent. And it flows through one another. Mm. They all have the same message, mm-hmm. which is pointing to God. Yep, It's all about Him. So really, it's, it's, it's just beautiful how the whole entire Bible is just orchestrated and weaved and, mm. and cross-weaved and cross-sectioned. Cross to, to where it all is unified. It's one unified message pointing towards God. And that's just beautiful. But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, we are justified in his sight. Meaning he makes us right. Yeah. He makes even us right. Even though we're guilty, even though there's guilt stacked against us, he still declares us as right. Yeah. Not deserving of it. Not earned by it. But given as a gift, it's what the Bible says, it's yeah. what we read. He gave it grace as a gift mm. to redeem us because of Jesus Christ. Mm. He How redeemed awesome. us. Yeah. And it says this was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier mm. of the one who has faith. Mm. See, that's that's the that's the crazy thing is that that he justifies us. He justifies us like the impact of that statement alone. He became the sacrifice so that he might be just. Therefore, on that day of judgment, Mm -hmm. he justifies us. So when that day of judgment comes and we are to be pronounced guilty, Jesus steps in and says, no, no, free. 
He's mm. guiltless because of what I've done. You follow me? And so, you know. And all we have to do is have faith in him and yeah. believe that he's going to do that. Yeah. So then, then Paul goes on to say, then what becomes of our boasting? It's excluded. We have nothing to boast about. Mm. By what kind of law? By the law of works? Mm-hmm. No, but by the law of faith. Yes. And Paul's going to dive into this, and like I said, many times in the next chapter, but he's he's starting to talk about this now. By the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So that means that I'm not justified by what I do, mm. but whose I am. Yes. Yes. I'm justified by, by who I identify under. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, then he goes to say, or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So what is this saying? Does this? So he's addressing a question that can potentially arise in people's minds well if i'm justified in his sight does that give me the right to sin by no means we must actually now uphold the law even more but we uphold it with a new standing we don't stand in sin anymore we don't identify as sin anymore we identify we we get a new identity we get adopted into his family. We don't identify as I'm a create creature of sin, but I'm a creature of righteousness. Therefore, I don't habitually sin anymore, but I habitually hold up righteousness. And it's it's a habit. Yeah, and it still has to circle around your heart and your words. Yeah, you know, you you know, and I don't I don't mean to step on people's toes, but people who are recovering addicts of various kinds, they go to meetings and they say, you know, I am, I am this. this. And I understand the principle of it. And forgive me if right. I, I don't want to offend anybody who was still struggling or has right. struggled. But I want you to rethink how you're saying what you're saying. Well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yes, you are at first. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Now you're the righteousness of God. Yeah. yeah. That's what the Bible says. First John, he that knew no sin became sin so that we might be called the righteousness of God. Even the Bible talks about oh, the old man has passed away. Yeah. You know, we become new. And yeah. So if you're new, why do you you're always reach creation. back? Why do you always reach back to what you were? Yeah. You were redeemed. So that's reminding God what you were. He redeemed you from what you were. You're no yeah. longer what you were. And, and the thing is, it's not that he forgets who you were, but he chooses not to see you as who you were. Why? Because it's under the blood. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is we still see ourselves in our past identity and don't see ourselves in the new identity of Christ. Once we p- become a Christian, once we accept Christ into our heart, into our life, we become a new creation, a yep. new creature. We become regenerated, right? So this means that we no longer identify as sin nature but righteousness is now our nature. Yeah. So now, after you become a Christian, you have to break the habits of sin on your life. You're not a sinner anymore. You just have a habit of sinning. Right. And so we cannot allow our past to still remain as our identity. Right. I mean, you, okay, you go to family reunions or you visit your high school, you know, your 10-year reunions of those matter. They're going to say, hey, man, remember the time? Remember when we used to? Yeah, I do remember that. That was what I was. Yep. You know, and, and so Paul says to forget those things which are behind, that we are to press forward to those things that are ahead. Yep. Press towards the goal, the yep. mark of the prize. Yep. The high calling of Christ Jesus. And it comes in the everyday yeah. of breaking the habits of your old self yeah well think about the press itself it or you know a press happens in many ways but yeah uh, you know um a press is something that crushes mm. you know if you ever watched them make paper they bring it all together and they mm. then they have to roll it out yeah. and 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 make it a, a whole sheet yeah sheet so the the, pr- the pressing has to happen. I mean, I've been in Jerusalem, saw the olive press that, mm-hmm. you know, what they used. 
when you know and, and so that there's a there's a role and there's a press there and yeah. things have to be squeezed out that means when you're in the pressing times when jesus was in the garden of gethsemane yeah. he was pressed why because there had to be an anointing being released when you're in a pressing this is why he brings us to pressing moments not depressing mm. but to pressing to press moments. us to to crush out of us to get the anointing yeah there's an anointing inside every one of us, and we have to go through the hardship to get there. Well, God, why am I going through this? Why well, I'm pressing the, out the anointing? I'm getting the oil out of you. We have to just, but well, we have to let it do what God intended it to do. Amen. And not resist it. Yeah. Because there are times where, like, God, why is this stuff happening to me? Why is this happening? Well, I'm, I'm trying to, to press you mm-hmm. to, to, to show you who I've made yeah. you be, be, become. Well, see, the enemy brings depression, but God yeah. brings the pressing. Yeah. <laughs> See that that's a sermon right yeah. there. I'm sorry, but write that down. Save okay. that for later. Note to self. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but that's true. Yeah. The enemy is who brings condemnation, and yeah. he's the one that brings depression and oppression. Yeah. But Jesus brings the pressing of the oil and the anointing. The anointing. It's the it, look. Look. It, it's it's what destroys the yokes. It's the anointing. It's you know you can't cast out devils, but Jesus anoints you to do it. Mm. You know, yeah, and so so this is this is why the the we are diverted from our goal as a believer. We get so caught up in the wrong things, yeah, that we miss our having the right heart, the right words, and the right intentions. Absolutely, I agree with you one hundred and ten percent. So, do we throw out the law? No, no. we uphold it even yep. more because now we have a new standing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? Isn't that crazy that? Once we realize whose we are. Yes. Once we realize that when I am in Christ, I'm a new creation. Mm-hmm. Behold, the old has passed away and now the new has come. Once we realize that that he that knew no sin became sin, so that way it may be called the, the righteousness of God. Once we realize all of that stuff, we realize that we're not the person that we were. Mm-hmm. We are new we are are, we have a new identity we have a new state of being we have a new nature we don't have a sin nature anymore we have a holiest holiness nature but we just have some habits that we have to get rid of this is a part of working out our salvation with fear and trembling you know i'm saying it's what it's all about yeah so that's that's really that's really it but through those times when we feel condemned We just have to have faith in Christ and know that he is Lord. We have to trust in him and put our faith in him that he has justified us in God's sight. And how awesome is that? That even though our past, we have sinned and we have fallen short of God's glory, he justifies us. But not just that, because of his blood, he gives us a new identity. An identity that's not bound to sin, but that's bound to Him. An identity where we no longer need to know what sin tastes like. Because we've tasted His goodness, and we've tasted His glory, and we don't want anything else but Him. That's the blessing of it all. So what do we boast in? Do we boast in ourselves? No. Do we, do, do we boast in our works? No. We boast in Christ Jesus because he has set us free from all guilt, all condemnation, and everything that we have done. So today, as you go on, just know that you are justified in his sight. You are righteous in his sight. Just put your faith in him. Let him transform your heart. Let him transform you into the person that he's created you to be and walk with him all the days of your life. We want to thank you for tuning in to Calvary's Compass this week. Thank you for listening and 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 supporting us. If you like what you hear, tune in on Sunday mornings at 10:30 at mountcalvarycog.com also on our Facebook page for our Sunday morning service. You don't want to miss that. God has got us on a really good course 
Um, but yeah, if you want to know more about us, go check out our website, www.mountcalvarycog.com. If you have any questions, mount, um, email us at mountcalvarycog at gmail.com. And maybe we can do a question and answer for, um, for Romans halfway through and at the end. So who knows? Who knows where God leads us? But um, just trust in him and walk with him every step of the way. God bless and we'll see you next week. See you.